Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome back to Today in Sports Betting. This is Today in Sports Betting, a hoopball presentation, hoop-ball.com. You can check it out on Twitter, at hoopballfantasy, at hoopballtweets. And then I am at D-A-L-E-007. I am Devin Ellington. And like I said, this is a hoop-ball.com presentation. All the fantasy basketball content you could probably ask for and a little more. You can check that out. Normally, I would do a MyBookie read by right now, but because of COVID-19, we are pausing that transaction at the moment. So I have been trying to find a fundraiser that someone is working on in their local area, see if they would like to come on and talk about it. Uh, we can get some tweeting exposure about it and try to do some good for someone's community if there are some idea rumblings out there or someone that has anything going as far as some good that can be done. Today's going to be fun because I am joined by a hootball contributor as well as an NFL media manager. But I don't want to do any disservice, so I will let him tell all about what he has going on in his past, current, and future endeavors. I'm excited. This is the first time we've done something together, and it's a cross-podcast plat- uh, cross platform here. Brandon Marcus is going to be talking a little bit about some Clippers stuff. But without further ado, I am going to go ahead and let him speak and open up the curtain here. Brandon, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Um, you know, I've been following your tweets for twi- quite some time now, and the stuff you do for Hootball is great. And I'm excited to actually hear a lot about this NFL stuff, too. Devin, man, thanks for having me on. Uh, much appreciated. You guys have been killing it over at Hoopball Gaming. Pretty incredible what you guys have done in the uh, couple of months that you guys had that podcast. Obviously, sports kind of killed you a little bit uh, going down flames. But 
what you guys are doing is great. So it's glad to be on. Happy to be with you. First of all, congratulations on the uh, the new baby. Well, thank you. Thank uh, you. Very, very special moment in your life. And the fact that you're just powering through and doing your hoop ball gaming stuff shows to your dedication. But yeah, man, glad to be here and happy to chat about whatever you want. Yeah. And I will backtrack a little bit. I don't want to sell you short or anything. I forgot to give out your Twitter handle also. And that is at BD Marcus, correct? Yep. Awesome. Okay. I just want to make sure everyone knows where to find you, see your work. So uh, so let's start off with uh, some of the UC Irvine stuff, the play-by-play stuff you uh, do. How did you uh, how did you get into that? What was your first play-by-play experience? So I actually got into play-by-play because I was born and raised here in the LA area and did not have cable growing up. So I would actually listen to Lakers games growing up, as funny as that is, as someone that covers the Clippers now and is a huge Clippers fan. I used to be a huge Lakers fan, and so I would listen to Chick Hearn, who was an incredible voice here in Mm. L.A., one of the most famous broadcasters in basketball history and did a tremendous job during the Showtime Lakers and with Kobe and Shaq, and then he passed away. I believe it was in 2011. So I would listen to him on the radio and then the rare games that were simulcast on KCAL 9 here in L.A., and I said Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do that. That's what I wanted to do growing up, and so – I followed that passion all the way until college when I majored in broadcast journalism at USC. I was the assistant sports director at the student radio station, got a chance to call USC football, USC basketball, USC baseball, USC soccer. So did all those things, Uh, went to two different Rose Bowls that I broadcast, I believe, and then... Uh, I also called the Emerald Bowl my final year when we played against Boston College. That was the end of uh, Pete Carroll at USC. So it was something I continued to do. And then out of college, I was a broadcaster at Cal Poly Pomona doing men's and women's basketball. Um, And then this is the basketball side of things. And then I went over to Cal State Fullerton with the Titans where I was the men's and women's basketball guy again. I actually was the broadcaster during Cal State Fullerton's run to the NCAA tournament. So they won the Big West tournament. They got a chance to play against Purdue in mm. the it, Detroit is where the uh, regional was or the round of 64, whatever you want to call it, where Fullerton, sure. Fullerton got blasted. Didn't get a chance to actually call it on the radio because of some rights issues, but still got a chance to travel with them on the private plane, all that kind of fun stuff. And then I went over to UC Irvine, where I currently am in the women's basketball broadcaster. So that's the basketball side of things. And I've also done minor league baseball in the Angels system, uh, rookie level and single A. So that was in Orem, Utah, and also in Burlington, Iowa. That's really exciting. You've yeah. done all sorts of uh, projects and play-by-play analysis all over. you got yeah. your thumbprint in a couple different sports. Yes. Um, what would you say? Not, you know, like take passion out of it. You know, let's mm-hmm. say, you know, um, but – out of pure enjoyment, which uh, assignment or what sport that you covered, do you think that you um, just kind of had the most, I would say, uh, giddy approach to just because you uh, enjoyed it the most? That's an easy one, actually. It would be basketball. Uh, I yeah, really enjoy yeah. watching basketball and uh-huh. the pace of basketball, uh, broadcasting baseball, and frankly, watching baseball. It could be difficult for nine innings and three hours or even four hours extra innings. 
so yeah. basketball would definitely be number one, and then Premier League would be number two. I've gotten into that over the last couple of years. Oh, and, cool. And having that set time frame of you know it's going to be 90 minutes plus the 15 for halftime. And I played soccer growing up from age four all the way till high school. Um, so I'm a big soccer guy as well. So basketball and soccer would be the top two. So how do you feel about Bundesliga returning? I watched a little bit, actually. It was, it was yeah. eerie, very eerie to, uh, <laughs> to watch soccer where you can hear the players yelling because it's funny, you grow up playing soccer and everyone talks about communication, how important that is in the soccer right. field. And when you're watching a game, you don't hear it. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, are they actually communicating as much as you think? And then, of course, you take the fans out of the equation. You take the broadcasters talking the entire time, whether it be an Arlo White, Graham Lasso, whoever it is that's on the call, yeah. and you hear the nat sound of the players talking, which was cool to hear that, but also very surreal. And it shows how important fans are to sports, not just soccer in general. But if you I mean you look at a, a venue like Anfield, for example, where Liverpool plays, and how mm-hmm. important the cop is to that team to have their fan support and you take that out and it just becomes guys just playing soccer, which is basic and beautiful in its own way, but also mm-hmm. is better to have it with fans because of what the fans add. But Bundesliga was cool. I mean, good for them to get there up and running. It was very odd to see the substitutes uh, so far apart, frankly, because I... they were all going to make it on the field probably at some point. So I don't know what, that was intended to do when they're really going to be on top of each other at some point anyways. And then you yeah. have the balls not getting changed. So when you have a throw in, these guys are all touching it. So it's, it's interesting to see how these leagues are finding ways to just come up with what makes sense and going forward with the sport, no matter what it is that's going on. Sure. Um, yeah. So between the K League, you know, the Korean League, yeah. uh, the Super Cup, and then um, the Bundesliga, uh, it's been kind of cool to take a different pair of, uh, you know, spectacles too, because it's um, obviously I know Borussia Dortmund and Schalke, and, right. you know, some of the major ones, but, you know, it's really cool to get into uh, some of the other um, teams that have been maybe established for a while, but not as talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so you played soccer as a youth. Is that what you said? Yes. All right. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about the fantasy specter of things mm-hmm. uh, because you um, and Dan, you know, Dan Bespris, our uh, leader over here alongside Aaron Bruski for uh, football, yeah. um, are all very talented at fantasy basketball. And um, it's quite impressive. So I was um, – interested to hear you know one fantasy story that you were maybe most bummed about that you and the collective you know general public rest of us are not going to have the opportunity of potentially seeing play out so um you know i wanted to see if miles turner was gonna completely flip uh and then start producing uh, Mm -hmm. his projected value uh for example I think it would have been fun to see if a guy like Christian Wood could carry teams in the playoffs. I think that would be someone. Yeah, someone that really burst onto the scenes and everyone was talking about during the trade deadline and who would be the biggest winner, and he clearly was, and he just started to dominate and really was winning matchups and head-to-head and was helping Roto teams as well. So I think it would have been just to see how he impacted things. And also the other one would have been what players coming back from injuries would have played a role 
down the stretch, whether it be a guy like Carl Anthony Towns that was projected to possibly come back, whether it be someone like Ben Simmons, was he able to make it back in time? These guys Mm -hmm. that were battling injuries, who would have actually been there to help teams down the stretch? And frankly, now we don't know. And the fact that leagues, by the way, including Yahoo, are still not paying out um, is really bad. I mean, I mean, it yeah, really the, the league is completely different from where it was when it shut down. You have players that may come back. You now have a guy like Bogdanovich that's out for the year, yeah, and so yeah. he's not going to play a role. It's just silly. It's just if you're in a league that's a head-to-head or something, and you can't pay out the playoffs. It, it's tough to figure out who you pay. But if you're in a roto league and there's games cap, very easy to average things out and pay out like pay out accordingly. Sure, sure. Now, how many years have you been uh, not only, you know, like talking about or covering, but um, like playing fantasy basketball? What if you uh, could tell me what was the first uh, basketball season that you partook fantasy in? That's a good question. Um, I don't actually know the exact year. I've been playing, though, since I was in high school. So it's oh, been, cool. it's probably yeah. been about 15 to 20 years that I've been nice. playing fantasy sports. Um, competitively, less so. I mean, probably about 10 or so more competitively. I mean, I was in public leagues on Yahoo or something when I started. Yeah. Yeah. And my brother was the reason why I started getting into fantasy sports and sports in general. I have a brother that's six years older. And so sure. he was into sports and I kind of followed suit. And I became big into fantasy basketball and fantasy baseball. Those are my top two. And then eventually fantasy football came into the fold and I've actually done fantasy premier league the last couple of years. So so I've gone crazy when it comes to fantasy because of my love for fantasy sports. Sure. Sure. And I mean, you say that all pretty much stemmed from, you'd say like the impact your brother had as far as your love of sports? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just someone that was kind of my best friend growing up and being that older guy was someone that I followed in his footsteps. So he was an Angels fan. And that's oh, why okay. back when Marcel Latchman was the manager, so I would follow mm. in his footsteps um, mm-hmm. as an Angels fan. He was never really a fan of an NBA team. I think he was kind of a Lakers fan back in the day. And I was a Lakers mm. fan up until – the three-peat from 2000 to 2002. And during that time, I was kind of dabbling with the uh, Darius Miles, Corey Maggette, Doug Ooh, Clippers. Yeah. And then I became just a Clippers fan ever since. Um, I'm glad you brought up some of those names and such because one of the things that I do with myself and then also uh, whatever uh, you know sports conversation with my buddies I have is there's a lot of like uh, reminiscence of like old rosters or teams or like yeah. people you may or may not have uh, remember like bon- uh, Bonzi Wells popped up in my head the yeah other day. yeah he and his headband <laughs> yeah yeah um, so yeah I maybe later in the show I m- wanted to maybe dissect a couple of those older Clipper teams like you said the Darius Miles I used to have a Lamar Odom uh, jersey whenever I was in sixth grade loved Odom uh, loved Odom I was heartbroken so, when he went to the Lakers yeah yeah um, so I told you off camera, I wanted to dig into this NFL media um, hoobla. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, what, when did this start? You said, or I think you told me about 10 years. Yeah. Now? Yeah. So I graduated college and I knew somebody that I went to camp with and she mentioned that her friend worked at NFL Network and was interested. So I said, of course, and I was hired as a logger. So I would go in on Sundays 
and I would sit at the computer and I would literally type play for play. I would say, for example, Priest Holmes rush for plus two, and then I would do replay low end zone, replay high end zone, and then I would do the next play. And I would do something like, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes pass to Dwayne Bow for plus eight, something like that. And so I would be a logger, and I did that for a year. And at the same time, digital media, the dot-com side, needs someone yeah. to help them out with their shows at night because they would clip the shows like Game Day Final sure. so, and also do VOs for their fantasy show. So I started doing some of that stuff after my logging shift and then dot com stole me away completely and I would work 40 hours, seven months out of the year and then I would go do minor league baseball and then I would come back and do the NFL seven months um, out of the year thing again because it's either seven months, 40 hours or year round, 30 hours or less is the way they kind of do it. So I did that and I was with the dot com side for eight years eight and a half years and then recently in uh, I think it was June of 2019 I moved over to the media management side and so I'm a media manager which means that I basically restore old tapes that we are getting ready because we're moving over to the Inglewood building where the right. SoFi Stadium is so NFL sure. Network's going to be moving everything over there and so I'm oh. helping put everything in the cloud essentially with a different mm. term but I'm helping restore everything and then send it off to the cloud, make sure all the metadata that we need. So when someone searches, for example, Tom Brady, they're able to get all the footage of Tom Brady. Or if wow. we're looking for a certain show, Total Access, one of our shows, and looking for the date, that's all up there. So I'm restoring old shows, old B-roll, stuff like that, and getting it ready to go to our new building. That is a really awesome, immersive inside look. I appreciate you digging into that a little further. Yeah. I've actually uh, been indulging myself into a ton of, of football lives, mm-hmm. uh, especially uh, with the with you know with the quarantine and such. Yeah. Uh, I think the favorite one I watched was the John Randall and Lynn Swan one, um, talking about uh, you know, and you being a USC guy, I'm sure you can appreciate, or maybe not, with his athletic director run. I don't know your stance on that. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's been a messy but, couple of years at USC. Uh, yeah. But um, no, that was really awesome. It was really cool and yeah. uh, insightful to see um, those two guys being so uh, such contrasting characters, uh, but such close teammates. Yeah, they do so. a good job with the football lives. It's uh, it's yeah. interesting to see just the look you get actually. So part of my producer editor role was I actually was in charge of posting the entire shows and also clipping up the football lives. And oh, heck yeah. yeah well, so thank some, you. So I've sometime, enjoyed it. Yeah. So I would sometimes watch them and like the, I don't know, eight, nine minute segments posted.com. They yeah. do a really good job. It's very similar to the 30 for thirties that ESPN does. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, that's definitely one of the best things in terms of getting a look behind the scenes at some of these players and getting a connection to those guys. Yeah. So when, um, you know, we talked about the clips a little bit so far, but mm-hmm. um, we talked about after that three P it was when you, you pretty much made the jump. Yeah. Um, what has been your favorite moment? You know, cause since you've made the jump, you know, the Clippers have actually, you know, you know they've had some success, yeah. uh, you know, in an upward fashion, mm-hmm. um, especially with the um, Doc Rivers years, mm-hmm. uh, CP3. But um, what was your favorite, you know, like uh, memory or maybe run that you guys had within the season or maybe a favorite player that went under the radar or uh, a year 
since you became a full-time Clippers fan? I would say that the Lob City Clippers were probably the most fun to watch recently. But uh, uh, the reason why I became a fan was because of those Odom, McGetty, Brand, Darius Miles, Quentin mm. Richardson, those t- those Clippers, Chris Kamen. Yeah, Chris, Chris Kamen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the caveman. Yeah. So those guys really got me into being a huge fan. My biggest memories would be 2012 uh, the Memphis comeback when yes, they, yeah. when they just used the pride of Nick Young to come mm. back and he hit three straight threes to get them back into it. And then also Chris Paul's game winner against San Antonio in 2015 uh, to win game seven against the Spurs at home. And then mm-hmm. I was at game three of Rockets Clippers the year that they blew that 3-1 lead. I was at yeah. game three yeah. when Austin Rivers went absolutely berserk. And so being yeah. there for that was uh, was a lot of fun. So those are my favorite games. but And my favorite teams, I mean, it's interesting because I can't say right now that the Kawhi, as much as I love Kawhi and PG, I can't say this team is my favorite because sure. it's been so short-lived. But yeah. that was the Lob City Clippers and then just the, the fun time Clippers of the early 2000s will probably be the best groups because – that's when they really started to go and make some noise. I mean, 2006 when they made the playoffs yeah, and they, yep. they beat Denver in the first round. They were slayed to yeah. take on the Lakers, but the Lakers lost to the Suns and the Clippers lost to the Suns, I think, in seven. That's when you started mm-hmm. to get a feeling that the Clippers could actually be good. Uh, so you like Mike Dunleavy then, senior? <laughs> uh, I, I like Dunleavy initially, and then it, I just kind of soured on him at the end like a lot of Clippers fans did. That was okay, and that was going to be my follow-up question because yeah. I wasn't sure. Because uh, personally, I like him. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, but that's outsider looking at. I just kind of like his coaching style and the teams that yeah. he put together, like those guys you talked about. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was always curious of how the uh, conglomerate, the cumulus of uh, Clippers fans, uh, perceived him or what their general uh, feelings were. Yeah, I mean, they were good. Yeah, they were good when he was there. Uh, and then they kind of didn't exceed expectations. I mean, they, they kind of hit a plateau and they weren't getting better. So it's interesting. You look at the coaches they've had, whether it be a Dunleavy, a Vinny Del Negro, an Alvin Gentry, and now a Doc Rivers. I mean, they've gone through mm. so many different types of coaches. They even had Kim Hughes, who was an assistant coach that got elevated to an interim yeah. coach. They, they've gone through so many different coaches, but now that you have Doc, you kind of understand how good he is as a coach. And yeah. it, it's you look back, I know you had Greg on for the uh, talk about the Bulls, and yeah, you yeah. look at Phil Jackson and how coaching is not just coaching on the court. It's also being able to manage all of these personalities. And Doc's mm. ability to do that for as long as he did with Chris and with J.J., and DeAndre and Blake shows how good of a coach he is on and off the floor. Yeah, I can't uh, second that without any more enthusiasm. That's for sure. I love Doc Rivers. Um, I think uh, we're obviously, you know, uh, you know, we we. Uh, I think you're probably my older brother's age. So like, I I uh, was watching those Boston teams that he was coaching whenever I was running through early high school, uh, late middle school. So I think that's where I really started liking uh, Doc Rivers. Um, not too familiar of his work before that. I know he was on some great staffs. Yeah. Um, and then he, he, he had some success as a player also. But 
um, from what I've seen on his coaching uh, prowess, it's 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 pristine. It's pretty great. I, I, I like the way he uh, coaches with ferocity. So, yeah, he's awesome. I'm very grateful to have him as head coach. And it's interesting because you look back at yesterday's uh, clips that came out when he was on Ernie Johnson's uh, podcast, I believe it was, and he was talking about how he took over. And then they immediately traded for J.J. Redick. And that's when Donald Sterling said that he doesn't like white players or any Roser said that Donald Sterling doesn't like white players on his team. And so not going to yeah. go through with it. And basically, Doc is saying, you got to be kidding me. Like, I'm going to quit. And then finally, they accepted J.J. coming to the Clippers. And so what Doc has had to deal with, I mean, you talk about that whole Sterling saga, right? But when yeah. they're playing against the Warriors and those tapes coming out from TMZ and what he had to deal with and to get his team through that series tells you a lot about who he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely got a uh, mental fortitude. That's for sure. Yes. Uh, and I, he, he definitely instills it in his teams and then it shows. Yeah. Um, now, and I think you glazed over this, but I, I think it was something that stuck out to me a little bit because I actually just watched the 30 for 30 on the USC teams. Um, the, the Trojan war 30 for 30. Yeah. And so you were, you said you were doing, football, basketball, play-by-play in your college days and uh, covering and writing about, you know, some of those teams, right? Like the Lindell White years and the um, Matt Leinert. Just missed those guys. I got, Just missed Yeah, okay. I got to campus in 2006. Ah, and yeah. so I was there. My quarterbacks were John David Booty, Booty. Uh, Mark Sanchez, uh-huh. and the, fo- the first year of Barkley. So I got okay. Booty for one, Sanchez for two, and Barkley for one. Uh, Sanchez was so good for the, you guys. Yeah, yeah. He took us to two Rose Bowls. So yeah. he, he was really good. And then Barkley, um, I mean, he took over as a freshman, and we went to the Emerald Bowl my final year. Yeah. But yeah. Sanchez was good, man. He was really good. They had a great team. Um, those – Joe McKnight, who passed away. Oh, yeah, he the was, running back. Yep, he was tremendous. Yeah. So they, they had some good players over the years. I mean, you look at guys that – He have, reminded me a lot like Joe Mixon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. McKnight is just – he's quick. It, he was kind of like a poor man's Reggie Bush in the fact that he mm. could do many different things on the field, whether it be as a receiver or running back or in the return game as well. So yeah. we had a lot of receivers come through. I mean, those years of Cushing, Maoluga, Brian Cushing, uh, yeah, Clay yeah. Matthews. I mean, Clay that, Matthews. Th- there were some good linebackers over the years. Yeah. And then Taylor Mays, who was an incredible safety mm. at the time. Yep. So we had some good players, and it was fun yeah. to be there for that. Just uh, unfortunately never won a title while I was there, but three Rose sure. Bowls. Can't be upset about it. Matt Khalil was there with you too, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, okay. I just remember watching USC when he was on, on that line. And it, yeah. uh, you could definitely see where the strong point was. Yeah. Uh, he just created so much separation and uh, explosion off the line. Yeah. Uh, he was ginormous. I think he was like six, seven or yeah. six. Nine. He was a big guy. I'm not entirely sure when he, uh, when he went to the NFL. I'm actually curious. I'm going to look it up as we are talking to see. Sure, where, sure. There, 2012, he was a first round pick. So he was there. Okay. Yeah, he was there when I was there. Gotcha. Yeah, he, uh, him and uh, Brian Cushing were always a couple yeah. of my favorite uh, USC guys. I liked uh, Mike Clayton um, uh, also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, early 2000s college football. 
college sports in general. Some of those oh, USC yeah. teams up uh, with Taj Gibson basketball wise. Yep, uh, that was my. I was there for that. I was there for OJ Mayo. Yep, OJ Mayo. I was there for Mayo. I was there for DeRozan. I was. DeRozan. I was there mm-hmm. for Taj Gibson. Um, I was there for Vucevic. I was yeah, there, yeah, yeah. I was there for all those guys at SC. They actually yeah. they had Tim Floyd, who was obviously a really good coach. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then they also, and now of course I'm blanking on his name, the coach that went to Arizona afterwards. Yeah. Uh, they had glasses. I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. I want to say it's obviously not Miller because that's who's there. Andy Ein, Ein, Einberg or something. No, I forget who it was. I'm I'm sure if I I could. I could look it up as we're talking, but they had yeah, some we'll good coaches. Yeah. Can't know everything. That's definitely not. Ex- so um, yeah. it wouldn't be a uh, sports betting podcast if I didn't ask. Uh, do you partake in wagers? Like, uh, do you ever get, get into that other than fantasy? Or um, did you make any wagers this year? I enjoy my time at the sports book. Not, yeah. um, not legally allowed to bet as an NFL employee. So, oh, right. So yeah. what, when when uh, employed by NFL, not allowed yeah. to. But okay. I fo- follow the lines, follow, uh, obviously, play fantasy sports. And uh, I do enjoy myself a, a sports book when I am in Vegas. Sure. Yeah, that's um... – I didn't even think about that. That's a good point there. Uh, Kevin O'Neill's the coach, by the way, that I was thinking of. It was Tim, Kevin O'Neill. Tim Floyd from 05 to 09, and then Kevin O'Neill from 09 to 13. So those were my two coaches when I was there. They they had an Elite Eight run in that time span, didn't Sweet they? 16. Sweet, Sweet 16. Okay. Yeah, that was, I believe, the year that they, I think they beat, they ended up losing to North Carolina, I believe it was, in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Uh, same tournament, I believe, that BYU had Jimmer Fredette doing his thing. That makes sense. Uh, man, I was so excited for this year's tournament. Uh, but that's old news. Water under the bridge. We don't need to be sappy now. But. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing we can do now. It's funny. This is the first year probably where I followed zero men's college basketball. I, I, yeah. I knew so little and could not name probably more than one or two players on any given team. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, you were pretty uh, enveloped in the uh, women's yeah. uh, broadcast. So, I mean, yeah. you were going all over and working with that. So yeah, there's only uh, so many sports you can follow. I mean, with Premier League yeah. obviously is going from August all the way until May. So there's that every single weekend as well. And that's from four 30 in the morning until about 1130. So you got that. And then, got time I got to spend with my now wife. So there's only so yeah. much, uh, so much time. That's a requirement. Sports. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's in the contract or something. Yes, exactly. That's that, that is what I had to agree to when we, uh, exchange vows. They snuck that in there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you cover a lot. Like you said, um, mm-hmm. as far as maybe something that, uh, you're looking forward to adding to your plate or something that's already on your plate, but needs a little more development. Um, maybe an upcoming piece or a sneak preview of something that you are uh, eyeing out as far as some data media, uh, just something you've got your eyes keen on right now that you're looking forward to digging into. It's a good question. I actually don't have an answer because I'm actually kind of at a crossroads trying to figure out sure. if I want to continue with the broadcasting um, or if I want to go with a full-time route because NFL obviously as cool as it is, 
Um, probably don't want to be a media manager for the rest of my life. So uh-huh. I'm trying to figure out where exactly I'd like to go. And I would like to stay in podcasting. I really enjoy doing it and talking. I mean, for the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast, getting a chance to talk to the likes of Brian Seaman, the TV voice, Noah Eagle, the son of Ian Eagle, who's the radio voice, yeah. the guys who cover the teams, a guy like Jovan Buha, for example, Andrew Greif, getting a chance to talk to those guys is a blast. So I definitely want to try and continue doing the broadcast stuff in some way or another and kind of we'll see where it takes. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd like to get involved in fantasy sports in some way. Um, obviously, there's, there is there is the hoop ball thing that I'm involved in, but maybe even further uh, sure. doing more with it. But, yeah, I mean, I enjoy doing the hoop ball stuff with Dan. We had a show on Monday, that Set Your Lineup show, and then yep. the, obviously the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast as well. So we'll see. Well, I hope all the best smooth wishes for you coming out of this uh, weird transition that we're all about to make. Um, As someone that's always been very interested in broadcasting or just relaying or, you know, giving information to people in a sports arena Mm -hmm. since, you know, um, I've, you know, been kind of twiddling with the same kind of uh, thing as far as uh, where I come out of this on the other end of uh, COVID-19 and my career trajectory and such. And I'm, I was thinking about this uh, podcast broadcast thing, call it like a broadcast and maybe buy a radio station or something. I don't know. Hmm. Just spitball in here. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Big dreams, big opportunities. You never know. Sure. But I just gave my idea out to all of you guys so you can cash in on it. And now it'll be stolen while you sit at home. Yeah. Hey, if I can do some good for someone, then that's all that matters. <laughs> so anyways, well, hey, uh, Brandon, you know, I talked about some of the stuff that you, uh, you know, you're going to be kind of looking forward to within the next, you know, few months for you. We we capped on some stuff that I was real excited to pick your brain about, uh, some of those Clippers teams. And, um, you know, again, I just uh, want to make sure that the listeners do know where they can find you, and that is at BD Marcus on Twitter. Um, also, um, with hoop-ball.com, uh, hoopball clips at hoopball clips on Twitter, um, at hoopball fantasy. I, like I said, you've kind of just, you're, you're all over. I try to, man. I try to dabble in whatever I can. And between fantasy and Clippers, probably my two biggest loves, um, when it comes to sports are, are those two things, the Los Angeles Clippers. And I just, I get obsessed with fantasy sports, man. It's once you're in, you're really, you're in. and it's, you got to be. Yeah. I did fantasy Premier League for the first time three years ago. I really had not watched a Premier League game. And then all of a sudden now I can tell you pretty much it's higher starting 11 for all these different teams. So it's yeah. it becomes a way where you get to learn a sport even more and get to know more about a sport because of fantasy. It makes you know guys who don't get mentioned that are lower tier players. For example, a guy like Christian Wood that the normal NBA fan base yeah. wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to, you know, be resourceful for myself and dig and tap into your resourcefulness of the uh, EPL because uh, once that season gets rolling and stuff and there's wagers to be made on it, I'm going to need some in detail nitty gritty as far as uh, players, substitutions, totals on corners that they possibly can kick, some offensive metrics, all that. Happy to so, come on, man. Once that Premier League season gets going, 
Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'd be happy to come on and chat Premier League. I, I'm hoping, we'll just do a EPL takeover. Yeah, I'm hoping that they uh, they come back successfully. To, I think they tested about 500 people, um, yeah. and it, they came out today, and I think there were six positive tests from three different yeah. teams. So yeah. that's it's really not much at all. So we'll see yeah. what ends up happening as they get closer to actually starting. Uh, but they're now having – they're small workouts, a couple of players at a time. So slowly yeah. but surely, they're getting back into it. When is the season? Uh, I think you might have said it earlier, but it's uh, typically starts in August. Is that yeah. what you said? Or, yeah. Okay. And it runs through. I mean, it's almost for like a full calendar year. Yeah. It's a it, long time. it was supposed to end on Sunday. Uh, oh, wow. It was supposed to be the last day. That I believe. And then in between all that, there's obviously the Champions League and all the other Correct. Uh, stuff. So. Yeah, correct. And Champions League final was supposed to be in a couple weeks. So yeah. between that and then obviously during the season, they play the various cups, whether it be the Carabao mm-hmm. Cup, the League Cup. They have the yep. Champions League. There's so many different things that are going on throughout the season. And then they have the time away for the international friendlies and also sure. the qualifying for the World yeah. Cup. So there's lots of uh, soccer, no matter what. I mean, there can be a weekend where there may not be no Premier League, but that the reason why there's no Premier League is because yeah. they're going and playing for their countries and doing stuff yeah. like World Cup qualifying. Yeah, one of the cups I've always really, really loved was the CONCACAF. Um, I just love the Central American teams mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, that run that Chile had in the World Cup a few, uh, couple World Cups ago, that was fun. Uh, El Salvador and Colombia, they've always had a fun, uh, quick team. Um, yeah. And then, you know, obviously there's Brazil down in South America. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up, uh, (laughs) actually rooting for Argentina because yeah, yeah, yeah. my nanny growing up was from there. So the likes of Messi and then Maradona coaching them, um, it was, it was a team that I definitely followed and they, between Suarez and Messi, they've always had a pretty good team. Uh, I can watch Maradona uh, footing and juggling highlights for uh, many of hours straight. Yeah, that, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, and now now you can watch uh, highlights of play or coaches stepping in front of him as he's starting to do drugs on the sideline. So he, he, <laughs> yeah, he's an interesting cat. <laughs> that was also prevalent in his soccer career. Yeah, he's an interesting. For those cat. of you who don't know. Uh, he was goofy. He was the goofiest one. Yeah. Uh, he was actually at an Argentina match recently within the last year, I think it was, and the camera showed him, and he looked like he was just partying, having a good time like always. Yeah. Just had his long hair and uh, family and friends around him. The whole stadium uh, kind of erupted when they showed him. It was awesome. Yeah, he's a nut uh, job. Yeah. <laughs> he scored a lot of goals. Yep. Uh, somehow. But, well, hey, Brandon, uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. It was a really uh, fun blast of a time. And I, you know, like we were just talking about some soccer uh, stuff, you know, it'd be cool to have you back on to do that, but even more so maybe some more basketball stuff, um, you know, talk about some NFL things, uh, you know, once that all uh, seems out and everything might turn back to normal here soon. And then we'll have so much to talk about. Yeah, so. happy to come on whenever you need it, man. This is, this is a fun time. It was great to finally actually meet you virtually as we do sure. this uh, via Google Hangout, but it was fun doing it. Yeah, I can't uh, thank you enough and uh, hope everything is going great out there in California and uh, hope you have a great rest of the week. Listeners, everybody, you guys take care. I'll see you on the next one. And don't forget to follow all of us at DALA77, at BD Marcus, at Hoopball Gaming. 
at Hoopball Fantasy, at Hoopball Clips, and then just go from there. You'll find a rabbit hole of all of us. So, bye guys. Take care. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.